It's so good. Amen, amen. Father, it's true. Those songs that we just sang, we want you, we love you, we need you. That's why we're here. That's why we live. We live for you. Lord, today, we know too that the last song we sang, Lord, there's power in the name of Jesus. Power to move mountains, power to move sickness and disease out of our way, time to, power to, to uh, preach the gospel around the world. Lord, you are God and there is no other. So, Father, today we certainly bow our hearts before you because we need you, we love you, and we want you in our lives. Help us to become the man, the woman, the children of God that you want us to be. Lord, today we ask a special blessing on this service, Lord, that your Holy Spirit speak loud and clear to each and every one of us, wherever each of one of us are at and whatever we need to hear. Lord, and let us apply those principles, the, the uh, preaching from your word to our hearts as we go about this life on the world. And then, just then, maybe your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. To you be the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For everybody online, again, this, you know, for those of you just tuned in, this is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. And uh, we're glad you're there. You can go to our website, freedomchurchpb.org. You can find out all about us. We're in South Florida. Um, you know, we're, um, let's see, you can uh, go online, find out all about us, check out our messages over the years, and you, could, you can even donate online. Uh, I want you to r remind you that you can also tune in to Freedom Church every Thursday at 7.15. We're studying in the book of Genesis. We're starting chapter 22 this week, which is a powerful chapter. As you well know, it's uh, when Abraham takes Isaac up into Mount Moriah and was off, told to offer him as a sacrifice. So we're going to see that chapter this week. So tune in online. And next Sunday, for all of you here, you know, tune in next Sunday, and um, we'll be glad that you, you do. So thank you for tuning in. Um, we're going to start off today uh, with a, a video that we're going to do. I'm going to ask, ask Matt to come up, and we're going to play this video. Um, okay, and then after we're done with this video, uh, just a few words and a prayer for our brother Brett, who's headed to Africa, Tanzania, Africa, on in the next week, next week, this week coming. Check, check. Yeah, he says, uh, Pastor Joe said, um, and most of you already know, uh, Brett is is currently training with a ministry called Christ for All Nations, and they who do was um, they do large gospel crusades kind of like the Billy Graham-style crusades over in Africa. And um, we are getting involved with them, and Brett is there training and learning how to, how to preach the gospel and how to organize these crusades in the hopes that we as Great Harvest Ministry will be able to, to start doing crusades like this and maybe not start it on, on the scale that they do but uh, to be able to preach the gospel 
in this way. So we just want to show you a video update as you guys have been um, supporting us and supporting Brett so that you can you can see what's going on in Africa and you can get excited along with us. So um, you can go ahead and, and play the video and then we we'll, can pray after. Hello, my name is Brett Hennis, and I'm the founder of The Great Harvest Ministries. God has called me to be an evangelist and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole world. Our ministry and our main mission is the Great Commission of Jesus Christ, which says to go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation, and make disciples of all nations, and see the great harvest of souls come into the kingdom of God. Currently, I'm here in Orlando, Florida, at the headquarters of Christ for All Nations. This is the ministry of Daniel Kalenda and was founded by the late Reinhard Bonnke. This ministry has seen over 80 million people come to Jesus Christ through mass gospel crusades and seen some of the greatest harvests in the history of the world. Right now I'm here with a hundred other evangelists and we're being trained by Daniel Kalenda himself how to do mass crusades, how to preach the gospel, do personal evangelism, and to train churches and equip them to do the same. Right now, we're being equipped to go in some of the darkest and hardest places in the world. And we're going out into the streets of Florida and we're flooding the streets and we're seeing many people come to Jesus Christ. We've also been going to multiple locations and preaching the gospel at bars, at clubs, in the streets. And we've been seeing hundreds of people come to Jesus Christ and get set free from the power of sin. So for our next kingdom assignment, we're going to Tanzania, Africa where we are gonna be doing mass crusades, we're gonna be doing multiple outreaches, and we're gonna be going into schools and leading thousands of Muslims to Jesus Christ. We ask for your prayers as we're believing God for a great harvest of souls. We plead with you for your prayers, and please intercede on our behalf. And we're also asking you to support us in this mission. If you would like to give toward the Great Harvest Ministries and to see this Great Harvest of Souls in Africa, we're gonna put a link in this video and you can send donations to that link we're gonna apply. Currently, we're in need of $10,000 to fulfill our God-given mission. $5,000 of that is gonna go with me to Africa to help support me on this trip, to help fund my ticket, to help fund my needs there. But we're asking for another $5,000 to fund crusades in Africa. We're gonna see thousands of people come to Christ we're going into Muslim regions of the world. We ask for your support, and we especially ask for your prayers. If you would like to give, please go to our website, and we'll send the link to you now in this video. Thank you, and God bless you all. There is only one we turn to Jesus, that one who died on the cross and rose from the dead and reaches his hand to you and this is what he says because i live you shall live also hallelujah So currently, um, 
as you saw, that's what they're getting prepared to do. Brett's training right now with a hundred other evangelists, and they're all leaving for Tanzania um, this coming Saturday, I believe. So we want to just call Pastor Joe back up, and we want to pray for them. We want to pray for their team. Um, God's doing amazing things. I know they, they have some teams from the other uh, boot camps and training they've done on the ground now. And uh, what I saw, they, they had put a post on online that said through these school outreaches, already almost 100,000 people have given their lives to Christ. Wow. So they're going to be, be part of something really big, something really awesome that God is doing. And um, if you know anything about uh, missions in Africa, there's sometimes some heavy spiritual warfare um, that goes on. And, of course, if 100,000 people are giving their lives to the Lord, the devil's going to want to destroy that. So we want to make sure that we cover them in prayer. So Amen. you want to want to do that now? Yeah, yeah. Sure. you want to lead? And I'll take over after? Sure, sure. Okay. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, and we thank you for this this great harvest that is happening in in uh, the continent of Africa, God. We thank you so much for all the people who have have come to Christ. Eighty million people documented decisions for Christ, and and what's that to say about all those who didn't fill out a decision card that heard the gospel? And now you're continuing the work, God, and you're doing just amazing things there, God. And I've I've even been to West Africa, and I've seen it myself. The people are just on fire for you. And I just mm. thank you that you're going to continue Amen. that work now through this team of evangelists, this 100 that's being trained right now, including Brett. And we yes. just thank you for giving him this opportunity. We just pray your shield of protection over him. We pray you, um, we pray you just go before him, go behind him, be a shield all around him, God. And the entire team, God, and just fill them, fill them immensely with your spirit and the power uh, of the Holy Ghost. So as they go forth and preach the gospel, it's not just going to be in their own power, God, or in their own words, but it's going to be your power because the yes. gospel is yes, the power Lord. of God unto salvation for all who believe. And, and we see in the mm. Bible as they preach the gospel in the power of the spirit, many, many people were saved and, and healed and delivered, God. And we just mm. pray that that would happen in Africa. We pray against every demonic force, every spirit, every witchcraft that is that is coming against them as those things happen over there. And um, and we just pray against that, God. We pray that you would protect them from that and that uh, you would just give them strength, give them confidence in you, and fill them with joy as they go forth in this mm -hmm. mission. Amen. Let your will be done in and through them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, we we just lift up the whole team to you, Lord. Father, I, as I saw that video, I see people in Africa, Lord, where that last one that don't know Jesus might be saved. And then that trumpet sound and get us out of here. Lord, but I see those people running to church, Lord. They're excited to get there. Their hands are in the air. They're, they're dancing, Lord, unto you. And Father, they're so glad, but yet, Yet sometimes we go to church without any enthusiasm. And Lord, today I pray that you put enthusiasm in, in the church in America, Lord God, that we once again realize what Jesus did for us and, and, um, and fall back in love with him today again.
Father, I agree with everything Matt had prayed, Lord God, but I do want to add, Lord, that the financial need be met. Father, they don't get, nobody gets any inputs from this church for giving. Never has there been a basket, you know, passed across the aisles. But, Lord, when it comes to missions, when it comes to evangelizing the world, Lord God, that needs to be done, and it costs money to do it. And, Father, we just pray that you bring in the finances that is needed, Father, for bread and the world har a great harvest ministry. Lord, and we also pray for Nona and the kids and Selah and Johan, Lord, as, as they remain home while their daddy and while their husband is in Africa, Lord, which is a dangerous place right now. The country right next to it, Lord, they, the, the Muslims went through and slaughtered Christian missionaries and Christian believers. And, Lord, right now we pray that your spirit will protect Brett and the whole team, Lord, as they go over to this country. That the Muslims and anybody that's against Christianity, Lord, would be stay away. When they're, Father, if they come anywhere near the evangelism that's going on in Africa, Lord, that those demons that possess them, Lord, would stay behind and shut their mouths until the gospel is preached and that person receives Christ and they tell that demon, those demons that will get out of their lives because they are now followers of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Messiah of Israel, and no longer will they serve the devil and his unholy angels. Lord, today, open up the, make divine appointments and open up the, the Tanzania, Africa, Father, for the, for the hundred missionaries that are headed over there, Lord. So, Father, we put them in your hands, and we give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we're waiting and hoping that that last one that never met you might receive Jesus, Lord, and then maybe that trumpet will sign and get us out of this place, Lord, because we love this place. It's a beautiful place that you made, but it isn't the, the plan that you had. Our plan's in the kingdom of heaven, and, Lord, we can't wait to get there, Lord God when you call us home, and only that time. But use us each, each one of us, until our work is done. As someone once said, the man of God who, who serves God is indestructible until you are done with him. And you're not done with us yet. And you're not done with Brett, and you're not done with those hundred missionaries that are heading there. So, Father, we pray, plead your protection. If the enemy comes against Brett and this team and the families of those that are going, Lord, we pray that he come, if he comes and builds a, digs a ditch against them, that he'll fall into that ditch himself. We pray, Lord, that if they bring curses against them, that you turn curses into blessings, just like you said in Nehemiah 13 or 12 too, Lord. So we give this over to you. In Jesus' name, let it be done. Bless the message, Lord, as it goes forth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you, Matt. For any of you who want to give, we don't ask for money here ever, really, except I tell you about the boxes in the back. Listen, if you want to give, you know, I will support missions. I'm a, I'm a missionary lover, always have been, and, uh, you know, the work goes out. And you can have a part in it. How can you do it? If you can't go, you can give. So, um, and, you know, our needs have... But Brett's needs and everybody's needs have always been met. Every missionary trip I went on, it was amazing how the finances just showed up. I'd go into the office at church, and there on my desk would be an envelope with $1,000, and the next day a check for $1,000. Unbelievable. Because the heart of America, they want people to be saved. I believe that's the mission, and that is the mission of the church, and that is a co-mission with Jesus. So praise the Lord. Um, just so you know, um, I'm going to... We, we're doing our study on, on about face, and um, 
last week will tie right into this message you have here today from Pastor Brett Hanus. Lord, listen, I just want to open up and remind you what's going on. um, Lewis is passing around a little flyer like this so you can see on my my outline for this message. And I'm going to give you a whole lot more than what's on there. And I'll try to get it get us out of here early. But this about face lesson that I've been teaching, and I've taught it once before years ago, but it has revised itself quite a bit. But the first lesson would be about face. The first, the first uh, thing a believer or a person needs to do is make an about face, and that speaks to repentance, church. For all those churches out there and all those people who are out there, you cannot have salvation without a repentance. Jesus came on the scene. He said, repent. Peter came on the scene. Repent. John the Baptist came on the scene. Repent. Isaiah came on the scene. Repent. Ezekiel, repent. Dan- Daniel, repent. Jonah, repent. Repentance is the first step you take. And once you take that step, you have done an about face. As Since you're a military soldier and you serve in the, the army of the host, uh, the, the captain of the host of the army of the Lord, you are a soldier and you need to, to do that. You need to about face. The captain says, I want you about face and start following him. And you do that about face by you follow the, the Christ that died on the cross. Without, again, without repentance, you are not and cannot be saved. Repentance means turn around and go the other direction. So you cannot have salvation unless you turn to God and agree with Him. You are a sinner. Sinner. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Our, filth, our righteousness is as filthy rags before the Almighty God. Listen, you must repent. You must turn about face. And all you got to do is cry out to God with your heart. I want you, Lord Jesus. I believe you, Lord Jesus. I believe you're God's son. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose the third day. And I want you to invite you into my heart right now. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And he asks, you know, to be let in. And if anyone opens the door, he will come in and he will eat with you. And he will sup with you. He's going to come into your house. He's going to come into your heart. Listen. Lesson or chapter number two is basic training. It speaks of discipleship where you're trained in the Lord. We talked about that. Every one of us, once you come to know Jesus, you just don't stop there. You become a disciple. You you have to go through a basic training. You have to learn that that um, that you need you need to serve God. And when you got saved, He gave you a gift to serve with. And you're being trained in spiritual warfare, just like an army soldier would be trained in, in physical warfare. You've been trained, you will be trained in spiritual warfare. How to use the gifts of the Spirit, which we went through on one of the lessons. There are 16 of them. And I went through all of them, and I can't go through with them now. But you, you must become like your captain. And how are you going to do that? By going to basic training. I know I was discipleship many years ago, discipled many years ago, and still are being discipled as we grow in the Lord. Because you have been sanctified since you were saved. Okay? You, you, have, you have a position in Christ. You are, 
you are, have a position. But once you're saved and you have that position as saint of the Most High God, you have to progress in your walk with the Lord. You know, the scriptures say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We've got to work it out. That is, that is still under sanctification or justification. You need to work out your salvation. That's called progressional sanctification. That little dash between your birth and your death, that dash is, is progressional sanctification where you grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there's a perfected uh, justification where when you're dead, you are perfected. You're in the kingdom of heaven. Your justification has been perfected and completed. So you must repent and you must be trained and discipled. Then... We're called to go to a reveille. In the morning, the trumpets would sound the soldiers, and, and it would wake you up, and you had to be uh, down in formation within a half hour or whatever it was. You had to be down there. There's a call to wake up. That trumpet is saying in chapter 3 or lesson 3 of this study, the trumpets are blowing, and, the tr and God is saying, Church, wake up. Wake up. These people in Africa are running to church. I've seen it done in Guatemala. I've seen it done in Jamaica. I've seen it done in, in uh, Belgium. People are running to church. America better wake up. We've got to wake up and follow Jesus again. It's a call to attention. It's, it, soon the last trump is going to sound. It's almost here. Look at the world and all that's going on and what Jesus told us. It's happening today. The Lord tells us to cast off door of darkness and come to the light. And that's what it was, the call was to the light today. So you have to about face. You have to be trained. And you have to, uh, you know, call to attention. Get to attention. Obey what the Lord's. When that trumpet has sounded in your life and the Lord revealed himself to you, it's time to wake up, get in formation, and you, and you, knew you have work to do. After your basic training, usually the army will send you to a place where they think you're gifted. If you're gifted in communication, if you're gifted in, in, uh, in, in what artillery, if you're gifted with a, a weapon, then they put you in special training for that. Once you got saved and you received the gifts of the Lord, you're going to be tested by him. You're going to find out what gift you have, what gift is prominent. And then you start developing that gift. If it's teaching, you'll make, take an opportunity to teach, okay? And then you grow in that grip. You find out, well, I don't really like teaching. Or then you will decide, well, you just want to be a servant, so you just serve at the church. Whatever it is, you've got to find out what that is. And training will do that. It's called AIT in the Army, Advanced Instructional Training. And, and, and that's what the Bible does with us. You know, it trains us in the gifts of the Spirit, how to use them. And how become the Christian that God wants us to be? And, and a lot of people fight over the different gifts of the Spirit. I don't want the gift of tongues. I don't want the gift of prophecy. I don't want the gift of interpreting, in spirit, interpreting uh, tongues. Listen, God did the perfect thing. In chapter 12 of uh, 1 Corinthians, he tells you the unity and the diversity of the gifts. In chapter 14, he talks about the gifts of prophecy and tongues, the vocal gifts. But he sandwiches that 
in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, which is the love chapter. So this gifts that God gives that a lot of the church people don't believe in and don't want involved in, they need to realize that if it's encompassed in, in a love sandwich, you've got to love your brother that speaks in tongues. You've got to love your brother that prophesies. You've got to love your uh, brother or sister that teaches. It's sandwiched in love. God did that on purpose. I'm sure he did. Because there's so much diversity over the gifts in the, in the Christian church today. So, you've got to be in love. All the gifts. All, let me say that again. All the gifts that God gives you, all 16, or was there 17, I forget. Listen, all the gifts are necessary for the work of the church and the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are necessary. Some benefit, most of the gifts benefit the body. Only one benefits the person, which is still necessary because it edifies them. And sometimes we're so far down, we need to be edified. Sometimes we're crying out in the spirit and we don't know what to say. And believe me, God knows what you're saying. You have the gift of tongues. I'm convinced of it at that point. Your thoughts, your words, your, come, your, your heart's broken. You don't know how to pray. As far as I'm concerned, you are speaking a language that only God and you know. Then you, after that, we do, which last week, which turns into to this message today in, in chapter 6, which is guard duty, last week's chapter was forward march. After you come to Christ, after you're discipled, after you are stand in formation and you're ready to go, and after you are perfectly are trained in some of the gifts or all of the gifts that you need to be trained in, you need to forward march. That was last week's lesson. You need a forward march. You can forward march right now with Brett Hainison headed to Africa by giving to that ministry. We don't touch the money. It gets right to, right to Brett. If you give to this church, we double it and send it to Brett. Within reason, if you give $10,000, we just can't do it. But if you give $20, this church will match that $20, and Brett will give $40. I do that because I'm, I'm very mission-oriented. I was discipled in a Christian and Missionary Alliance church 40-some years ago, and they are very powerful back then in missions. I am very mission-oriented. You know what? Brett's 35 years old. I'm 71. He's got a lot of work to do, and I want to support that work. Listen, you need a forward march. You've repented. You've been trained in basic training. You are awake now, hopefully, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've been assigned to a unit, and you've been sent out wherever God wants you to send you. And in this case, Brett's headed to Africa for, what, three or four weeks. He's been gone in training for this for, 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 for about three or four months. They take you serious. These people are on fire. We're not, we're, we can't go. We can give, you know, or you can go if you feel you're led to go. I would advise you to. Missionary, um, uh, short-term missions changed my life. I've saw people changed. I've saw them delivered from, from drugs, alcohol, demons. Man, it'll wake you up. 
You'll be on fire when you come back for at least a couple months. But you need to stay on fire. And that's part of our message today, which I'll get into. Forward march. It's time to get out there. It's time to leave the safety of the church, the stronghold. It's time to, to go out and march into the harvest field. And that's what this is about. This little church is, is a harvest field. We've had people walk in the door, come to know Jesus, stay here for a while, and then leave and go work in other missions. Or some of them have stayed. Some of them came in, got saved, and passed away, and they're in the kingdom of heaven now. So, you know, we're doing our little part. Every, the whole church works in, in unity with one another. This church is so different from the churches in this area. We're unique. We are very unique for a church. But God needs it or else we wouldn't be here. We've been here for seven years. Listen, many people out there in the world are in the valley of decision. It's time for us, the church, to forward march. There's battles, you know, uh, have been financed by a beer, this battle for the souls of men has been financed by a costly sum. You know what that is? The blood of Jesus Christ. The wars that go on in this world between the unbeliever and the believer has been financed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we got to realize that. It wasn't money that funded this discipleship. It wasn't money that funded evangelism. It was the blood of Almighty God in Christ Jesus. We need to take that serious. You think your $100, $200, $1,000, $200,000 is big? It's not. It was financed by the blood of Christ. And it's important to do. How blessed are the feet of those that go out and preach the gospel. You need to share the captain's vision. As I said in either my prayer or my opening up here today, last week's message on Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, was Matthew 28, 6 and 7. The angels tell the women, come and see Jesus is risen. He's not here. And then go and tell. We got to do that. We got to go. We got to tell. Time's running out. You know it. You see the news. You see the news, what's going on in the world today. You're now, in a, you're now a combat soldier, whether you know it or not. No matter what gift you have, you are still a soldier of Christ. And you've been trained for spiritual warfare. And you need to believe it and do it. You've been trained for combat. You're in a combat zone. Believe me, God gives you rewards for your combat. When you get to heaven, you're going to see those rewards that he's going to be giving you for the combat you have done here on earth. Saying, it is written, there's no weapon formed against me. Saying, it is written, man doesn't live by bread alone. Using your gifts. Today's guard duty. What is guard duty? It's being a, a, uh, a watchful soldier. Guarding the sheep. Every one of us has been made a disciple, and we have disciples under us. Whether you're just a father or a mother, you have children under you. And then you have those children, you might have even grandchildren under you. you. You, We have to guard the sheep. That's our job. 
My job is to tell my children, your children, you, uh, about the gospel of Christ, to, to, to teach you. My job is to serve you as a pastor. Your job as a, as a father is to serve your children and your wife. Jesus was a servant leader. He didn't rule with an iron fist. He ruled very meekly, and he got the job done. And you can do it, and we can do it. We need to watch because you're on guard duty. Once you become a Christian, or there's some time, or every time I'm convinced, you're going to be on guard because the enemy comes against you in a whole bunch of different ways. We're going to go through nine of them today. We're going to go through nine of them. You've got to be watchful since you're a soldier. You've got to guard your brother and sister in Christ. You've got to protect those under you in ministry. And you've got to serve them. My first point on your flyer here today is guard the flame. I'm going to tell you, and I said it one time before, maybe two times before recently, maybe even in this study, I don't remember. But these are the words of William Booth. William Booth being the founder of the Salvation Army. You know him. You heard of him. Here's what he said. He said, Take heed of the fire in your own hearts. For the tendency of fire is to go out. Unless you do three things. Keep the draft open. Think of your fireplace. Keep the draft open. Number two, that means the oxygen comes in. Fire needs oxygen. The oxygen, you know what the, you know the air you breathe? You sing songs about it. The air you breathe is really the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's not the air, but, you know, it's, the Holy Spirit is, is wind. That's the way it's defined in the Bible. Your wind, your oxygen comes from God. You need to keep that draft open. You open the draft and the wind blows over the chimney and it sucks the, the, flame, you know, the oxygen in and the fire burns. You need to keep yourself crucified. That's what this is saying. For I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Number two, keep the one, well, one, keep the draft open. Number two, clear out the ashes. That means repent. You've repented once when you became saved, but you, you still are a sinner. You need to repent. If you sin against somebody, you need to ask their forgiveness. If they sin against you, hopefully they will, they will ask your forgiveness. But you have to go to God and say, God, you know, I, I forgive. I repent of that sin. I'm still working on it. I'm progressing in my salvation and my justification. Number three, you have to put on more fuel. The fire's going to go out unless you put on fuel. This is your full fuel. The Word of God is the fuel that you need. How do you get that? Well, you get it by coming to church on Sunday. You get it by reading devotionals. You get it by reading the Bible. You get it by obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. You get it by falling in love with Jesus once again, where the church needs to go. 
You need to meditate on the Word and even meditate, and even memorize, I'm sorry, the Word of God. You need to memorize the Word of God. It's very important. That's, that's logs that's, that's being put on the fire. When the enemy comes against you and throws, you know, throw, tries to blow out your fire, you come against him with the wind of the Spirit, the Word of God. And you tell him, take a hike in Jesus' name. He told me I have authority over you, and I take that authority. Leave. I know, that, you know, this sounds like a, maybe a hard message, but it really isn't. It's just something that we got to do more often. So you need to guard the flame in your heart. That's very important. You need to guard the flame. I'll tell you, one time I was in a guard tower. I only pulled guard duty one time in Vietnam. One time. It happened to be, since I was from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it happened to be the day that the Pittsburgh Pirates were playing some other team in the World Series. And me being a radio man, I could pick up KDKA radio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the other guy in the guard tower with me, he just kept, he was sawing logs, and he couldn't, he just didn't want to do anything. I'm so interested in what the Pirates are going to do that I listened to the whole game. It came to be about 5.30 in the morning. And here it comes, and I tell the other guy that was with me, I says, your turn. You only got an hour left. You know, um, I'm going to sleep. Meanwhile, I go to sleep. Here comes the captain. He's saying he sees us both asleep. He could have court-martialed us both there. Guard duty is important. What if we were attacked that night and there was no guard in the tower? It's a terrible thing. You have to guard from the enemy. We're going to see that as we pass along. Number two, you need to guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Another version says, above everything else, guard your heart. It is where life comes from. It's important. The New King James says, keep your heart with all diligence. That's what I just read. For out of it spring the issues of life. Your heart's got to be straightened out. Your heart is kind of is like the Ark of the Covenant that the Jews, the Hebrews, carried with them everywhere they were, went in the desert until the temple was built. Your heart is an ark. The Ark of the Covenant was, the, was the, the mercy seat put on the Ark of the Covenant. It was like a three-foot long box with angels over top of each other with their wings touching. Seraphim, I believe they were. Okay? And in that box were three things. There was the rod of Aaron that budded, a jar, a golden jar of manna, and the second set of, of Ten Commandments that God had made, because Moses broke the first ones, remember, when they, they made a golden calf and he threw them down on the ground and the earth quaked? In that ark is, is, is where the presence of God dwelt. Your heart is an ark since you become to come to Jesus. Behold, you, he stood at the door of your heart and he knocked. And he said, if you open up, I will come in and I will sup with you. He's come in to you. Where would you go, being the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, uh, except to the Ark of the Covenant? Your heart's the Ark. 
when the ark was moved in the wilderness, what was Israel to do? Follow, follow. That's what you see Brett doing right now. His heart is moving. The Spirit's moving in his heart. And he's following. He's following. And that's what we need to do. The Jews did the same thing. When God raised up the camp and they moved, the Ark of the Covenant went first and, and the Ark went because that was where the presence of God was. At night, there would be a flame of fire coming out of it, which illuminated the camp and kept them warm, no doubt. And in the daytime, there was a cl- pillar of cloud. They're in the desert, man. They had to have some shade. God was in that pillar of cloud. Listen, your heart's the ark. Once you've received Jesus, that's where he's at. He's in your heart. When Jesus died on the cross and the, the, the curtain was torn from top to the bottom, it opened the door for man to go right to God. So now the ark, the presence of God that was in the ark should be filtered and flowing and resonating and saturating your whole being. <clears throat> we should, we need to protect our heart. It's very, very important. The issues of life come out of it. If the ark got captured, Israel was in trouble. Everywhere the ark went, there was blessing. When the ark was captured in 1 Samuel chapter 4, here's what um, Phineas's wife said, who was the daughter of Eli the prophet. The ark was captured, and she was giving childbirth. And as she gave birth, she saw that her, her father-in-law, Eli, died. Being a very heavy man, he fell over in his chair and died. His sons, Hophni and Phineas, were killed in, in battle. They were they were. Men that, that had no thoughts of God, even though they were priests, that lay with women in the temple. Well, Phineas's wife got pregnant, and she, when she found out that her husband and her father-in-law were dead, she fell, it went into childbirth, and she bore a male child. And before she died, she says, name him Ichabog, Ichabog, which means the glory has departed. Listen, you don't want the glory to depart from your heart. You know, even if it's there in just a little speckle, you need the glory of God to resonate through this entire temple. This is not a temple. The temples you see built out there, they're buildings. They're called temples. God, when Jesus died, he gave us a temple not made with hands. This is your temple. Don't you know that the Holy Spirit dwells here? You've got to guard your heart, man. Guard your heart. Why do you think God gave us a breastplate of righteousness? Because it guards your heart. And Jesus is our breastplate of righteousness. He guards your heart. If you turn to Daniel, I believe it's chapter, not Daniel, uh, Joshua, I think it's chapter 7 or 5. He says that, you know, that, that Jesus is the captain of the hosts of the armies of the Lord. It's his righteousness that we have. The Ark of the Covenant has been gone. We can't find it since really Jesus died. You know where it's at? 
I'm going to read you something. Revelation 11, verse 19. I tell you, Indiana, Indiana Jones is still looking for the char ark, ark, and he'll never find it. Because the Bible tells you where it's at. Chapter 11 and verse 19. Revelation 11, 19. I'm sorry. Yeah, 11, 19. And you shall... Oh, and then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of the, his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunders, and earthquakes, and great hail. Indiana Jones, you know what? This is your ark now, your heart. You need to guard it. The ark of the covenant they can't find. They've been trying to find it for years. It would be the greatest find ever if they find the Ark of the Covenant. But you aren't going to find it because it's in heaven. And it will be coming down when Jesus comes down. And what purpose it will be, I have no idea then. All I know is, you know, your heart's the Ark now during this time of grace. And we need to guard it with everything that we have. Number three, you must guard your mind. Listen to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do not be conformed to this, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye renewed by, be, be ye, let's see. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to guard this mind. It's important what you put into it. You know, the, the computer age came in, they said, G.I., Geo, garbage in, garbage out. That's what you get. You got to put good things in. You got to guard your your mind. You can't be conformed to this world. You need to be transformed by the renewing of this mind once you became came to Christ. If you, Philippians tells us too, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You've got to guard your mind with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. It's important. Number four, you've got to guard your soul. Your soul needs guard. You're a triune being. You're a spirit, soul, and body. A spirit, a soul, and a body, says 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Let the, the peace of God sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete until the coming of Christ. You need to guard your soul. That means you're a spirit man. When you got saved, you're born again. You're a spirit man. That means that soul man should submit to that spirit man who's chasing after God. You got to guard your soul. You got to teach your soul. Pornography is no good. Drunkenness is no good. You know, adultery is no good. And you've got to side with the spirit man, the soul man who wants to do those things. You've got to side with the spirit man and submit to him. Because you're a triune being. Just as Jesus submitted to the Father 
and just as the Holy Spirit submitted to Christ. Number number five. Oh, I'm going to get that scripture. Here's for guard your soul, Proverbs 22.5. Thorns and snares are in the ways of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Guard that soul. Don't follow what your soul says. Follow what the Spirit of God in you says. Number five, guard yourself from the evil one. Here's 1 Thessalonians. But the Lord is faithful. It's verse 3 and chapter 3. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Guard you from the evil one. The Lord's faithful. He will guard you. Jesus says, pray that you be delivered from evil. Do you pray that in your prayers? You know what I do now? It's, you know, with this COVID thing, I'm going to make the best of it. When I go into the bathroom and I wash my hands, I recite the Lord's Prayer. They say you have to do it for 20 seconds. So I usually go something like this. You know, our Father... Heart who is in heaven. Holy are you, God. There's nobody like you. You know, I praise your holy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, Lord, help us to be part of your kingdom come to this earth. Use us in a mighty way. You know, if I say, if I, you know, forgive those who trespass against us as we forgive those. Well, Forgive us our sins as we, tr- as we forgive those who sin against us. So I go, Lord, thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Help me to forgive anybody. If there's anybody I didn't forgive, I try to, try to include their name in there. Do, for, you know, let me, do not lead us into temptation. God don't lead you into temptation. So I go something like this. Don't let me be led by the... By the Lust of the spirit, the lust of the soul, and the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the world. Don't let me be led by that. For yours is, for, and then deliver me from evil. Lord, you already delivered me. I, I pray against the enemy coming against me. You have delivered me. I believe it. That settles it. It's done. And then I go, thine is the kingdom. Thine is the glory. Thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Something like that. By the time I'm done there, I've been washing my hands for a minute. And then my hands should be clean. But use this COVID thing to benefit your prayer life, even. You know, guard. You need to guard your soul from the evil one. He's going to attack you even now, maybe while you're sitting in your chairs. He's going to attack you as soon as you walk out the door. He's going to attack you at the supermarket. He's going to attack you as you read your Bible. He's going to attack you when you lie in bed. He's going to attack you even in your dreams. But God has delivered you from it. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God. They pull down strongholds. They cast down imaginations and every high thing, including dreams, that wage war against your soul. You need to guard your soul, church. Your soul's important. That's you. Guard your tongue, number six, because you preached good news. I'm going to turn to Isaiah 52, 17. 
Here we go. 52.7, I'm sorry. 52.7. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose heart the law does. Do not fear and reproach of men. nor be afraid of insults. Oh, boy, I got the wrong verse. Anyway, how about Romans 10.15? We'll go there instead. Romans 10.15. I can back this up with other scriptures, so just so you know. Romans 10.15. And now shall they, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good joy. You got to guard your tongue because you have the gospel on your lips and you've preached the gospel to people and you got to be careful how you act in front of them. And you've got to be careful what you say in front of them. If you talk just like them, you aren't going to be so effective in your in your good news presentation. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Psalm 141:3 says, "Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips." We got to watch our tongue. James talks about it. James talks about the tongue is is the smallest of our body, but it 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 causes the most damage. It's like a little rudder on a ship. It directs, directs the whole ship. It directs the course of your life, says James 3, 6. Your tongue, the smallest part of your body. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful how you act, what you speak, because people are watching you. Because you carry the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came, he died, he's buried, and he is risen. Proverbs 21, 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. If you talk righteously, you're going to keep your soul from trouble. If you start cussing and swearing and doing all those kind of things like that, you know, you're, you know, you're going to, you're going to get into trouble. We got to watch it. You got to guard your tongue because you have the gospel. You have the, you have the antidote for, for salvation of men. And you don't want to want to cause it problems by acting like a heathen or speaking like a heathen. Number seven, guard your ways. Psalm thirty nine one. I will guard my ways, lest I lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. We need to guard our ways. We need to guard our tongues. With a muzzle. It's important. You're a soldier of Christ. You should be on guard duty towards all these nine things. Number eight. Guard what is committed to you. Here's what Paul says to Timothy. 
in 1 Timothy 6.20. Oh, Timothy, guard what is committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Guard what is committed to you, to your trust. What has been committed to you? You have been committed by the Lord Jesus Christ to take the gospel into all the world and to make disciples. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say to make converts. It says make disciples. We said, if you're a disciple, you've already been converted to following Christ. Guard what is committed to you. The, G the Lord Jesus Christ has committed the preaching of the gospel to men. He gave it to men, and we need to honor it. We need to support it financially, spiritually, physically, and, and, um, and prayerfully. We need to support it. Guard what is committed to you. You preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news. Guard what is committed to you. What if God, why did God choose men to preach the gospel? He, get, he entrusted 12 men in Jerusalem. One of them never made it anywhere, as you well know. There was only 11 left. Why would God commit the most important message in all the world to men when he knows our unfaithfulness? What if he assigned that job to the angels? How long do you think it would take for this world to be saved? Huh? I'd say about 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Why did he do it for men? We have a commission, and we're elected. It's a commission with him. And we need to be committed to it. Guard what has been committed to us, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important you support missionaries. You support the churches that you belong to or gifts to churches that you agree with or ministries that, that you learn from. I always wonder why God would do that. Someday, According to Revelation, there will be an angel flying around the earth after the tribulation when it's just about ready to end and he's going to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's going to happen in the end. God is going to, God's going for every last possible soul he can get. Because he's called the hound of heaven. He's going to chase you down until you keep saying no, 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 till your last breath. He's going, to, he's going to try to pull you into the kingdom because he's so madly in love with you. And the last point here is to guard the sheep. You have to guard the sheep under you. You know, back in the, the uh, pastor or the shepherd guards the sheep. Every one of us I mentioned is a shepherd. That's what a pastor is, a shepherd. Some of us have bigger flocks. Some of us have littler flocks. Some of us have a church of this size. Some of us have a church of three or four people, husband, wife, and two kids. You're still a pastor. You're still a shepherd. You are to guard those sheep. That's why a man will protect his wife and his children. He's to guard his sheep. You know, 
in Israel, you know, the, the sheepfold was made out of you know, about five foot tall, usually made out of brick, not brick or stone, five foot, one opening in it. And on the top, it was about five foot high. And he'd put, they'd put briar up there. So if the wolf tries to jump over, he'll get entangled in the briars. Okay. If he tries to come in the door, he's going to have to go through the shepherd first, and then the sheep are safe. That's what we have to do. That's what, what, what we do as, as uh, shepherds. We, like Jesus is the door to heaven, we are the door of the sheepfold. And no devil's coming in. As a, as a shepherd, you're guarding it. We're to be like Jesus. We are to guard the door of the sheep. The sheep. In chapter 21 of John, Jesus was at the seashore. Remember, he cooked the disciples some fish, and he told them to cast the nets on the right side of the boat because they were fishing all night, and uh, they didn't catch a thing. So this guy yells from the shore, throw, you know, do you have any fish? And they say, no, we didn't have any fish. He said, throw the nets on the right side of the boat. And he threw the net on the right side of the boat just because the guy said, so one more chance. I would do that if I'm a fisherman. One more cast in that area. One more cast. You know, that's what they did. They threw it in. They ended up with 153 large sheep. I mean, large fish. Large fish. And as soon as they know that, John whispered to, to Peter, it's the Lord. Peter takes off his, his working clothes and hops into the water and swims the shore. Because it's the Lord. And the Lord, listen, talk about servant leaders. The Lord cooked them breakfast. They had fish on the broiler for them already. I mean, they were on fire. He had a fish boy, and he asked for more to bring some of, the, some of those 153 large fish. And he cooked them for them. Then he took Peter aside at the end of this while he was talking with them, and it was all over. And he said to Peter, he said to Peter, so... When they had eaten breakfast, this is um, uh, John 21, 15 through 17. So when they had finished eating breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He's saying, Jesus, Peter, do you agape love me? He's using the word agape here, which means unconditionally. You know that. He said to him, Peter says to him, Lord, you know that I love you, using the word phileo, which means brotherly love. Yeah, I love you like a brother, Jesus. He said to him the second time, Jesus, Jesus said to Peter, then feed my lambs. Then Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, of son of Jonah, do you love me, agape me? He said to him, Lord, you know that I phileo you like a brother. I love you like a brother. Jesus is saying, do you love me unconditionally? He's saying, I love you. I love, I love you like a brother. And then Jesus says, tend my sheep. Feed them. Tend them. He said to him a third time, Jesus says to Peter, do you phileo me? He, Jesus takes out the word agape and puts phileo there. Do you love me like a brother? And, of course, Peter answers him the same way. Yes, I love you like a brother. 
then he said, then, you know, then feed my sheep. Here's Peter. Do you realize the, you think, why did Peter do that? Peter followed Jesus. He said to Jesus on the night he was crucified, he said, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll be crucified with you. And then he ends up denying him three times. Peter knew better than to use that word agape because it didn't work. He thought he had agape love, but he didn't. He had a phileo love for Jesus. But his love's going to turn here. He humbled himself to say that. He was saying, I'm not going to fail you again, Lord Jesus. I'm not going to fail you again. And he didn't. He admitted that he has work to do. And he did his work. He fell in love with him. So your job, like Peter's, is to protect, tend, and feed the sheep or the lambs. You, or that's your job as a soldier of Christ. So uh, your guard duty is helping to protect them. You have to guard yourself in order to guard somebody else. You have to protect them. So here's the, here's the antidote for being on guard as a soldier. Just the, the nine points there. Guard the flame in your heart. Guard it. Keep it alive. Be like those Africans you saw running to the preaching. I've seen that in, in different countries as I went to. The people excited about the gospel to get there, to hear it, to run and hear. This is good news. It's good news to be true. It's too good to be true, this kind of news. You have salvation. You can live forever, and you don't have to do nothing. Jesus did all the work. All you got to do is believe and receive. Guard the flame, church. Guard your heart, number two, for the wellsprings of life is there. Guard your mind. Don't put, put good things in, and you'll get good things out. You know, read your Bible, and you, will, you find yourself quoting Scripture rather than using foul language. Guard your mind. Number four, guard your soul. Guard your souls. And number five, guard yourself from the evil one. I know a lot of the church don't want to put up with this, the evil one. I don't want to talk about devils. Listen, you're a soldier. You better know you have an enemy. And you better know how to fight that enemy. And if you don't know how to fight that enemy, he's going to walk all over you. Believe me. Here's how you fight him. It is written. The Word of God says this. You have no authority over me. Jesus gave me all authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. You have to use the word. Guard your tongue because it will keep your soul from trouble. Guard your ways. How does a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. Thy word as I have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what the scriptures say in Psalms. How do you keep your ways pure? By keeping it according to his word. Guard what is committed to you, number eight. You have the privilege of preaching 
the most important message in all of eternity, that Jesus Christ came according to the scriptures. He died. He was buried. And he is risen the third day, according to the scriptures, making this true. Number nine, guard God's sheep. You have to guard God's sheep. You know why David was made king of Israel? He had a couple sheep in the sheepfold that his father had him, being the youngest in his family. He was guarding this little sheep, a little little group of sheep, according to his brother, whenever Goliath, he, he, when, when David went down to see the battle, Goliath and his brother told him, you, you go guard those little sheep. You know why God chose David? Here, here's why. He said, a wolf came after my dad's sheep, and I slew it. And then a lion came and came after my daddy's sheep, and I slew it. And he said, you uncircumcised Philistine, you're coming against my daddy, my father in heaven, and I'm going to give your, your carcass to the birds of the air today. Let me tell you what. You see the difference here? He's there. It wasn't his sheep he was going to be made. He didn't even know he was going to be made king. But listen, it wasn't his sheep. It was his daddy's sheep. All you in this church and all you over the Internet that are here, this, you're part of sheep of this pasture. My job is to guard you, and I want to, and I protect, try to protect you with prayer. Sometimes I do a good job, and not sometimes not so, so much of a good job. But I'm just telling you, you have the same responsibility. God chose David because he realized that this is his father's sheep. He's not a hireling, as Jesus said. Hirelings would say, oh, let the wolf have it. There's only one sheep. Let the bear have it. I ain't going to get killed for one little sheep. But not David. This is my father's sheep. I'm going to protect them, I'm going to tend them, I'm going to keep them, and I'm going to feed them. And that's what we need to do. You're on guard duty. Guard all nine of these things in your heart. And you will be a successful, prosperous, I believe, uh, person as, as in your walk with the Lord. And you will be blessed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, we give you the glory, the praise, the honor. Lord, we ask you to help us guard our heart since you're, you live within us, Lord. Guard our heart. Keep us from evil, Lord. And as we call upon you for help, you said if we call upon you for help in days of trouble, you'll answer us. You'll show us great and mighty things which we know not. So, Father, whatever it is that you want us all to take home here today, Lord, impress it on our hearts that we might meditate on it and even memorize it so that we can become the Christians, the believers you want us to be, and so that we will be uh, aids in guarding our brothers and sisters in Christ. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless the church. I love you all, and take care.